The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast brought to you by the IDP Army Podcast Network. It's good to be back on the Dynasty Tailgate. We had a fun week of college football this past weekend. Um, Tennessee finally slayed the dragon, which is ex- very exciting to see. I was really happy to see that. We got a couple of injuries that we're going to have to get to, um, that are kind of, uh, not so good, um, for these players, but hopefully, you know, we can get a bounce back from them in one shape or form. And we also had a couple of breakouts that I've been waiting on and we finally got them. But first let's take a Welcome, welcome. It's good to have you back this week. Um, great weekend of college football. Honestly, that was one of my favorite weekends that we've had in quite quite some time. Like just the excitement of the day, the upsets, the emotion. Like like this is the kind of stuff you just cannot get in most any other sport, really, because pro football you can't even do some of the stuff that we you know happened in that Alabama Tennessee game. So let's get right to that. Alabama versus Tennessee. It was Bryce Young. It was Hindenhooker. It was back and forth and back and forth. And finally, the Alabama kicker thing finally came up to bite him. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Kind of saw this coming. I think we'd been talking about this for a couple weeks. At least I had been mentioning it, that Alabama's talent deficiency had uh, kind of been catching up to him a little bit. Uh, they should have lost to Texas if Quinn Evers or Ewers doesn't get hurt in that game. I think we can all agree that was going to happen. Texas A&M, if they didn't have disastrous play calling, that was an, an L for Alabama. But, you know, Texas A&M did Texas A&M things. And then finally they got to Tennessee, where Hendon Hooker is a really good quarterback. And even though Tennessee's defense leaves you something to be desired, like, it didn't matter. That's the thing. Like, it did not matter. Um, even with Hendon Hooker having a disastrous fumble that looked like that was the, the difference in the game, um, he still was able to come back, lead him down the field and kick that field goal at the end. So that was very exciting. Um, Alabama's defense is a good part of that team was not particularly, you know, super effective against a very good NFL caliber quarterback. Um, his age is always going to be a question Hendon hooker, but same time, like, I think he's coming into the league ready to go. I think that he is prepared and ready to start right away. Like, I don't think that he's going to need a few years to catch up to the speed. I think that he is, he, I think he's got it. So I'm not worried about him. I think it's more of like a Joe Burrow situation where he was kind of bouncing around the league and then got to the big leagues and was ready to go right away. I think Kenan Hooker is going to have a similar 
situation there. All right. And by the way, by the way, before we leave this game, Tennessee, do better, by the way. Asking your the public to fund goalposts for your team because it got carried out of the stadium and thrown into the river after the game, which was a very exciting moment in college football. Uh, maybe don't be nickel and diming the public for that. And I heard Pete Thamel on the ESPN college football podcast say like, Oh, well, can you imagine being a fan and you, you get to like own a piece of the goalpost? Like you get to say that you had a piece of history. What is that? Like what the kind of stupid reasoning is that at all? I'm sorry. Like Pete Thamel is a really smart guy. That is an idiotic thing to say. Like no 22 year old is going to be sitting in the crowd. Like, my five dollars went to that little that little end piece right there at the at the top of the goal. No, nobody's going to be saying that. Nobody at all under the age of like forty is going to be saying that I own a piece of like little sliver of that goalpost. Nobody's going to be saying that. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like maybe you can convince a donor that like that is a reason they should donate. Like an older you know, generation that wants to, you know, is already pouring tons of money into the university. Maybe you could get that reasoning past them, but Pete Thamel do better. 25 and 22 year olds are not sitting there thinking like, like give, let me give them five bucks to fund this goalpost. This is the dumbest thing I ever heard. Universities should be paying for it. They're getting plenty of money anyway. No, no real reason. So yeah, Tennessee do better. It was a good, it was a fun weekend. We don't need to ruin it with that kind of situation. Um, Quickly, Michigan played Penn State this weekend. Michigan had a, a convincing victory. Um, Blake Karum is now officially on the radar. Like, Blake Karum is a guy that we have been kind of – I have been kind of kicking the can down the road on um, because the thing is they were playing Charmin soft opponents at the beginning of the season. Like, we're talking, you know, the, the, the ultra soft, you know, FCS opponents at the beginning of the season, and they were not anybody that was actually going to give Michigan a real challenge. They finally faced a real challenge in Penn State, and they handled very easily. And Blake Harum is a, is a running back that's rising in the ranks right now as we speak. I think he's going to end up being like five or six when it's all said and done because he it does not matter the opponent, apparently. He's just always going to be there. The one thing about Michigan, though, is like last year they had Hassan Haskins, who was having, in my opinion, a similar season to this for them, and – you know, Hassan Haskins isn't really doing much in Tennessee. I mean, given he's playing behind Derrick Henry, but like it's still, you know, you would hope to see a little bit of those earlier flashes, but I don't know. It's just something to, to keep in mind um, going forward. Um, oh, two injuries that we need to talk about before we move on is uh, one, Devin Leary for NC State. He's having surgery. He's going to be out for the season. I'm taking off my draft board. I just don't – he's a junior. I don't see a way that he doesn't come back for a senior season, try to put up a better, you know, display to maybe get him into that top five running – or top five quarterbacks of next season because he was probably never going to get there this season. Let's be completely honest with ourselves. And the way that he – his season had already been a roller coaster before that, and with his surgery, I just – I cannot see him wanting to declare for the draft and not coming back. So – I don't know. We'll see officially. He's not announced that either way, but he has announced that he'll be out for the season. And it sucks for NC State, really. It really does. But, you know, I think he, I'm going to take him off the draft board. Um, also, Jordan Addison for USC suffered an ankle injury late in that Utah game this weekend that they lost in. Um, argument could be said once he was out, there was no real shot that USC was going to come back in that one. Um, but the, the thing is, is like, I don't, 
you know, we don't know how bad the injury is yet. I would say he's definitely not playing this week. That seems like a really big stretch to say that he would be playing. Um, but I also like, haven't heard whether it's like a long term, whether it's like it was a stinger that he got up from after the game will be fine. I don't know. So I sometimes I'm going to be monitoring though. He's technically my wide receiver one right now. And wide receiver two has been out for since week one. So it's kind of a rough year for the uh, wide receivers so far, but you know, injuries happen. Drake London got hurt last year. He still ended up as the number one wide receiver. Um, and he didn't even run at the combine and Jameson Williams obviously couldn't run at the combine because he had an ACL injury been out still was a first round draft pick. So I don't think it's going to affect their draft stock necessarily. Um, but it, it does just suck a to not see them play the sport because that's what we're here to do. We're here to watch them play football and be there. You know, this could affect their ability to test later on in the test, you know, the, the combine process, because they're going to need that. I think I don't, I still think they're going to go high whether they test or not because it's been proven that you can do it. I just, especially with Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has not played yet, and I hope that he can put some good games on film this season because you really only have last season when he was the number three fiddle at the beginning of the season. You see what Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing with Ohio State this season. That It, it kind of feels like it might be a system, even though Garrett Wilson's been fine. Chris Olave has been a revelation for the Saints this season. So I don't want to make it seem like that bad, but it's just it would be nice for Jackson Smith and Jigba to get a little couple, a couple games out there for Ohio State, especially since they're going to be making a national title push. Um, real quick, before we completely move on to our topic of the day, um, Dalton Kincaid, tight end for Utah. Welcome to the party. I had had him number four on my tight ends list for most of the year. By the way, all of my rankings are now in the in the uh, IDP index. They will be in there. They have their own little section for rookies in 2023. So anytime you need a reference, any of these names I'm talking about, or even want to just look at it, they're in the index. Um and you can click any of the links in the bios to figure out how to get into that index. Jordan will get you in there, and you can see those anyway. But Dalton Kincaid was number three or number four going into this weekend, and I, I'm having a hard time keeping him out of the top two. Um, Jaheim Bell still number two for me, and obviously Michael Mayer is number one. But he's rising up there. It's between him, Darnell Washington, and Braden Wills is really getting my attention for Oklahoma because he's just so versatile. I don't know how he might not find his way onto a team and be very useful um, really quickly there. So um, that's all put for week for week seven, put week seven behind us um, week eight. The, I'm not going to lie to you. The slate's kind of a uh, kind of good, kind of bad. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Today's topic. We are going to break down the 2023 PFF mock draft. That's what we're going to break down today. I know that you all know that we have a love hate fair with uh pff on this podcast and this entire podcast network um honestly all the idp army we have certain uh issues with the way that they rank certain players it doesn't make a lot of sense a lot of the time but we're going to break down their podcast or their podcast we're going to break down their mock draft it just came out last week um so we're just going to dive right into that um people on the podcast feed i will be talking through it YouTube feed, you're going to be able to see everything that I'm, I'm saying. So if you're on podcast and you want to watch this, uh, finish out the episode because we need to listen. Just kidding. And then go watch it on YouTube. But you will be able to see the players and the little birds about them as I'm um, talking as well. So we'll go ahead and bring that up. All right. There we are. Um, like I said, this came out, I think, October 5th. So we are a couple weeks behind it. But 
This is just the newest mock draft, and I think it still holds a lot of weight and water for where we are right now in the draft process, even though I'm probably going to disagree with PFF by quite a few things, but we'll see. All right, number one is the Houston Texans taking C.J. Stroud. I think this is a lock at this point, to be honest. If Houston's number one, they're taking a quarterback, and C.J. Stroud, I think, kind of fits the mold of what they would want in a quarterback. Um, I know that a lot of people have been mentioning the Ohio State quarterback success thing as being an actual problem. I personally think it's not a problem. It's just, you know, some players are are better than others. And honestly, like CJ Stroud's better than Justin Fields, uh, better than Dwayne Haskins was at Ohio State, better than Troy Smith when he won, I think he won the Heisman that year when he won the um when he was taken in the first round. Like he's better than any of them. Like it, it's no big deal. I think C.J. Stroud is the right pick here. Houston's going to get a great quarterback in C.J. Stroud. All right, number two is the Seattle Seahawks for them, um, taking Will Anderson from Alabama. I think this is a great idea for Seattle. I, Although they need a quarterback, so taking Bryce Young would make a lot of sense here. I actually kind of like the idea of Seattle trying to build back that defense that they have been known for for years. Um, their defense is not amazing right now, but they have a couple of – of players, a couple of players, Tariq Woolen, fifth round rookie this year has been really huge for them. Um, I, I just think that if you build the defense, the offense can always come around and you can still get a quarterback later on in this draft if you're Seattle and not feel too badly about it. Um, number three, they have the Jets, which is kind of funny looking back because there's no way the Jets will be this high now, but they'll be taking, they would take Jalen Carter, uh, defensive lineman from Georgia. I actually don't know if I completely agree with them. I mean, they're going to lo- – they love defense. Jets do. I, I do understand why they would be doing that. Um, and Jalen Carter is probably the best defensive player this year. I mean, Will Anderson's going to get the headlines and be, you know, the top-billed guy, but Jalen Carter might be the most useful person to put in there. But he was injured, so that might knock him down a few spots, but probably not many. Um, number four, PFF is – you know, they love being controversial, but number four, Chicago Bears select Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama. This makes no sense at all. I'm sorry. Like, I know that, like, this is going to come off as me being a hater towards PFF, and I promise I'm not trying to be. But why in the world would they take another quarterback with no weapons? Bryce Young's already having, like, the struggle of his life at Alabama this year with zero weapons. So now you're going to put him on Chicago where he equally doesn't have any weapons. Plus you've got Justin Fields there that you drafted two years ago. This makes no sense. This is a stupid idea. Sorry, PFF. I love you to death. No, I don't. And this one would hurt. All right. So we'll just move on for that because there's no shot. The bears are taking a quarterback this year. It's just, it's silly. They need to take a wide receiver. Um, Number five, they have the Washington commanders taking Will Levis from Kentucky. This is actually smart. I like this a lot. Um, Will Levis, is exactly the kind of quarterback that Washington would like. I don't think they are into the, you know, mobile quarterback game. So they want a pro style quarterback and Will Levis is probably uh, CJ Stroud's better than him at pro style, I think, but Will Levis is number two in that category. And so I think Washington taking Will Levis here is a smart play. I think that's really good. Number five might be a little rich for my blood, but if you got your quarterback, you want, you got, you got to go as high as you can go to get him. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, number six, they have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Brian Breesey. Um, I actually think this, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers might finish lower and I think they might end up with Jalen Carter. But if they don't, Brian Breesey's a really good pick out of Clemson. Um, and I think that that would be very good for the rebuilding of that defense because they have TJ Watt and a lot of guys that have been kind of shaky, um, but not always that bad. Um, number seven, they have who is definitely going to get the number one pick, while the, by the way, is the Carolina Panthers taking edge rusher Miles Murphy from Clemson. I don't think this is going to happen um, for the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to take a quarterback. I think they have Bryce Young probably um, – you know, headed there, maybe CJ Stroud, but I, eh, maybe, maybe it could happen. Um, number eight, they have Atlanta Falcons taking Peter Skoronsky from an offensive tackle from Northwestern. Uh, I, the Falcons do need O-line help. So I do understand what they're doing there. Like I, I do understand it, but I think they need an actual quarterback. Um, I don't, I don't think Marcus Mariota is a long-term solution, they could continue to kick the can down the road as long as they want. But the thing is, is they're going to have Calvin Ridley. They're going to have Drake London and they're going to have Kyle Pitts there. You're going to have to get somebody that can actually distribute the ball. And it's not clearly not uh, Marcus Mariota. They have done a lot of good things this season, but honestly, I think that's more telling of how close the Atlanta Falcons are to being competitive. than they actually are away from, you know, if you put the right quarterback in that situation, you're going to, you know, that, that level is going to go up higher and the ceiling for Marks Mariota, I don't think is near the floor of a quarterback. You can get here at number eight. Um, number nine, they have the dumbest idea of all time. So they have number nine, they have Detroit lions selecting quarterback Tanner McKee from Stanford. I don't know what else to tell you. Jared, Jared Goff has not played that bad this year for one thing. So it's not really that big of a deal. If he stays there another year, if they do not want to pick a quarterback in this class, um, but if they do actually want to take a quarterback in this class, the Detroit Lions, it better hell not be Tanner McKee from Stanford. He is not even in the top 10 of quarterbacks. I do not see what some of these guys are seeing in him. I know that they really are like infatuated with his ability to throw it into a tight window. And while that is a cool thing to be able to do, it's not exactly one of the top five things that I would think the Detroit Lions would be looking for in a quarterback. Like, you know, he's tall. Like, this seems like one of those classic mistakes that the drafts have been telling us every freaking year. Do not do this. All goes back to Brock Osweiler, in my opinion. But he's six six. He's not mobile, and he can throw a, a bomb if he if if he's got somebody wide open. But like. He's not ever going to have that. So I just think this is a terrible idea. I'm, I'm probably going to come back to eat my words with Tanner McKee, but he is not going the number four quarterback in the class. I will pay actual money to somebody. I don't even know. Charity would be a weird thing to bet on, but I would pay actual money to somebody in a bet if, if Tanner McKee went top four quarterbacks. So we'll move on from that foolishness. Uh, number 10 is the New England Patriots selecting cornerback Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Um, I think they got a player in Jack Jones now, so I don't really know if they're going to need a cornerback. I don't think the Patriots necessarily need one of those. I don't, 
I think they need to be headed at wide receiver. I know that they don't like doing that. And clearly, as we have told from this mock draft so far, uh, PFF does not value a wide receiver position that much. But I think the New England Patriots need to be headed towards a wide receiver, if I can be perfectly honest with you. The Giants taking edge Nolan Smith from Georgia. This would be interesting for the Giants. I don't think edge rusher is a top need for them. I... I mean, in this quote on here, um, they says the edge is an obvious a need, an edge need is obvious in New York. Uh, is it? They got Kayvon Thibodeau there, who's an edge rusher, and they have Aziz Olajari, who's not been awful. Like I don't, I don't know. I think they have an offensive minded head coach in there, and I think the offensive minded head coach sees the obvious need at wide receiver. I don't really understand why they would take anyone not named, you know. At this point, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, like, I don't see how in the world they would make it that way. And just no clue. Um, number 12 is Isaiah Foskey. This is the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles have, you know, they got that trade from New Orleans last year and they got edge rusher Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame going there. I don't like, I don't dislike this pick. I think Philadelphia has need at O-line more than this because I think that their O-line is the strength of the team right now. And I think that if you want to continue to pound that as their strength, then you need to be building it up. And now Ed Drescher, you know, they could take one and then him be in every other down back, but like, or every other down player, but they already have plenty of defense waiting in the wings there. I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily the biggest need for them. Basically, I have disagreed with PFF on a lot of these takes so far. So, whoops. Um, number 13, they have the Cleveland Browns would have traded this pick to Houston, um, and they pick Jordan Addison, number 13. So your first wide receiver taken in this draft is Jordan Addison. Smart smart minds think alike, I guess. Um, Houston Texans have an obvious need at wide receiver as well. Um, they hope to get John Mechie back next year um, with his leukemia situation that he has got going on, which we all hope that he recovers from completely. Um, if they were able to have Mechie, Jordan Addison, maybe they could retain Brandon Cooks for another year, that would be a serviceable staff, and especially if they can get a quarterback like C.J. Stroud in there, I think that that could be really good things for them. Um, number 14, they have Bijan Robinson going to the Arizona Cardinals. I like that the Arizona Cardinals need a running back. That is the thing I do like about this. Um, I a cannot possibly see a running back going this high this year. Bijan Robinson is way better than what they have been dealing with there. But at the same time, I just hard to believe that they would do this at number 14. I would love to see it though. And this would automatically make Bijan Robinson the number one pick in every dynasty draft. If this happened, it just would obviously. Um, all right. Number 15, Jacksonville Jaguars. They have Quentin Johnson from TCU. I don't have any notes for this. This is a brilliant pick, a smart pick for them. Exactly what they need, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know why that just pulled up on the side over there. Let's just exit out of that. Okay. On to number 16, Tennessee Titans select Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. If he was to fall that far, Tennessee would be in. Can you imagine if they took Traylon Burks one year and then Jackson Smith and Jigba the next? That would be the wildest thing ever, and I would love it. It's chaos-filled, um, 
but I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily the biggest need for Tennessee Titans. Although I would love that. Um, number seventeen, Las Vegas Raiders select offensive tackle Paris Johnston Jr. from Ohio State. This is a good idea. The Raiders' O line stinks. Moving on, eighteen, Indianapolis Colts select cornerback Keely Ringo from Georgia. Also, brilliant move. They need a cornerback, and Ringo is probably one of the better cornerback guys we've had in a while. Now, Sauce Gardner is in an in a elite status of his own. I will put him in a different status. I still don't understand why the Texans didn't take Sauce Gardner, but that is for another day to figure out, I suppose. And Keely Ringo to the Colts is a brilliant move for them. Number 19, the Dallas Cowboys select edge rusher Jared Verse from Florida State. Um, this is very verse was amazing at the beginning of the season. He hasn't really been as good since, but you pair him with Micah Parsons. I don't have any notes for the Dallas Cowboys doing that. Their defense would be ferocious. It's already really good. Now I can't even imagine adding that onto it. Um, number 20, the Los Angeles chargers select offensive tackle Olu Fashanu from Penn state. They need a line help, which is shocking, but they, uh, yeah, the Chargers, I don't really know if they have a whole lot of needs other than I could see them maybe taking a wide receiver later on in this because I don't know if they technically trust Josh Palmer or not. But yeah, I could see this. Uh, they need O tackle, O line help because um, they've needed that for the last couple of years. Um, number 21, Seattle Seahawks from the Denver Broncos select edge rusher Andre Carter from Army. Now, this would be fascinating if the Seattle Seahawks did this. <laughs> it really would. Um, Andre Carter has not been able to do exactly what he did last season just yet. Like at least we're not seeing it, but it, they also, every defense or every O-line and everyone has been figuring out, Hey, if we double block him, the rest of the army defense isn't as good as him. So th this is a good pick, honestly. And Andre Carter would be a solid IDP pick if this was to come to fruition. Um, Number 22, the Cincinnati Bengals would select Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. No notes here. Give Joe Burrow more weapons. Michael Mayer is better than Hayden Hurst, and this is actually would be a really brilliant pick for the Bengals. I do think they need some defensive adjustment or defensive uh, additions, but that's you don't necessarily need it this year. To number 23, the Miami Dolphins from the Trey Lance pick uh, get Trenton Simpson, linebacker from Clemson. This is pretty smart as well. I mean, honestly, Mike McDaniels needed that on their defense. Um, Miami might disagree, and I think they might need a line help a little bit more, to be honest. But it's still I, – I can see the, them them going after a linebacker. I think they might do O-line first, linebacker second, but I don't know. Who knows? Um, number 24 is the Miami Dolphins um, forfeited pick. So the actual number 24 – would be Minnesota Vikings selection selecting edge Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Um, I haven't really gotten to talk about Tyree Wilson a whole lot from Texas Tech this year. Um, and going into the season, I really did not think that he was going to be, you know, really high on a lot of draft boards, but he's just been completely unstoppable so far this season. It's been outrageous to watch Texas Tech games and see this freak of nature coming off the edge. And he has just been completely dominant against O-lines in the Big 12 this season. So it's it's a good pick. Number 25, Baltimore Ravens select safety Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M. 
Now, if now if the Ravens took another safety in the first round, um, uh, after taking Kyle Hamilton last year, I don't think the fan base would love this a whole lot. Um, I think that he would not be a safety for long. I don't think that he would be a safety on the Baltimore Ravens. I think he would be a different player on in the secondary, um, which they do need help in the secondary, just maybe not safety. I... I don't know. I don't know about this one. Baltimore Ravens would be really bold to pull this off, though. Um, Detroit Lions from the Jared Goff trade from Los Angeles select defensive lineman Siaki Ika Ika from Baylor. Um, he's a good nose tackle. Detroit Lions need defensive help. It's not really that complicated to figure out past that. Um, I do think Detroit might look a different direction, but that is not a bad bad decision. Um, 27, Tampa Bay Buccaneers select cornerback Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, Florida. Uh, the Buccaneers are going to need cornerbacks because they don't have um, the cap space to pull off picking up both of their free agents they have um, in the cornerback department. So they're going to need one. This isn't a bad pick. I think they're going to be a lot higher in the draft process, given this is from October 5th. So just everybody who's like, Tampa Bay, 27th, that's weird that not yeah they're going to be a higher pick so i think they're going to get a better wide receiver or better player maybe not a wide receiver 28 green bay packers select wide receiver josh downs from north carolina kind of love it um i don't see the green bay packers picking this i don't see i don't see them finally making this the year that they pick a wide receiver in the first round it just would be too hilarious if they did that but if they did josh downs is not a bad selection he would definitely be a slot corner or slot wide receiver and he, you know, Aaron Rodgers needs a trusted one of those. So we'll see. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs at number 29 would select Edge. Um, Adonwa Adobawari from Northwestern. I apologize for butchering that name. Um, he, yeah, I guess, I guess you could see the Chiefs taking an edge rusher at, at this late in the, in the ball game. I think they should still go secondary personally. I know that that's probably not a very popular opinion, but um, the next pick that's on this list, I think should definitely go there, but we'll see. Um, This isn't a bad pick for them. I don't really know much about the player. Unfortunately, I haven't watched a lot of Northwestern defensive football to give this one that much of a thought. Uh, Number 30 defense, the Philadelphia Eagles would select cornerback Joey Porter jr. From Penn state. Um, their reasoning is that Darius Slay is not going to survive the offseason at $26 million. I personally think they just restructure the deal and don't take a cornerback. I think they should just, you know, maybe pick up a wide receiver, if anything. But, you know, you can never have too many cornerbacks. So if they do lose Darius Slay, Joey Porter Jr. for Penn State has been a fantastic player this year. He's probably been a top three cornerback in the league. And that's pretty been pretty exciting to see. And then number 31, finally we're at the end. Buffalo Bills select defensive lineman Keandre Coburn from Texas. Um, Texas finally back in the first-round draft pick class, which is exciting to see. But I don't know. I mean, Buffalo Bills, this is a need. I don't know if it's the need that they have, but we'll see. Um, Wouldn't hate this for the Buffalo Bills defense. It would be something to watch, though, for, for sure. Okay. Well, that is the first mock draft that we have broken down this year. Some good picks in there. Some really BFF picks in there. I, I 
some of those I just really I would be shocked to see <laughs> happen. And there's some player like they didn't have very many quarterbacks going in the first round, which I don't think anybody other than PFF's thinking is going to happen. Because like, where was Hendon Hooker? Given two weeks ago, we didn't know maybe he was a first rounder, but definitely we're thinking about it. Um, Anthony Richardson needs to be getting that call. Sam Hartman also needs to be getting that call. Um, I think if I could be honest, they don't have Kayshawn Booty in there at all, which like, what are we doing there? PFF? Like really? You don't think Kayshawn Booty is going to go in the first round of the NFL draft? Like that's really, that's really silly. How about I put it, you know, the nice way. Um, Definitely some improvements in there that would be made. And I'm sure the next one that comes out, we'll probably have a couple more of those players that we've been talking about these past couple weeks. But that's all I got for you this week. Um, there are some in- couple interesting games this this weekend that I think should be noted. Um, one is Oregon versus UCLA. Um, I really am taking an interest in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback from UCLA. He's been really good this season, and we haven't really given him much attention because my attention has been mainly focused on that backfield with Zach Charbonnet. But whatever. Um, Wake Forest is Phil Jerkovec versus Sam Hartman. Not quite the powerhouse battle that you would be thinking that it might be, but it it could spark some fireworks. I'm interested to see. Uh, Texas plays Oklahoma State. I'm more interested to see Texas and Bijan Robinson against that pretty darn good Oklahoma State defensive line. It's been pretty good this season, um, but we'll see. And then Alabama plays Mississippi State. Only reason I, I, I just want to mention it, Mississippi State, you know, they had a couple hiccups this year so far, um, but they are nothing, they're no team to sneeze at. They are definitely a, a good, solid team, and they definitely need to be taken seriously. And I would just like to see Will Rogers against that Alabama defense because I think he might be a quarterback that we need to be thinking about. And I, you know, I guess we'll see if it, it happens or not. But some good games this weekend. Go out there, watch some football. I enjoyed talking to you all this weekend. Hopefully you can check this out on YouTube if you're only listening on the podcast. If not, we will see you next week on the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.